Peace, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figures, and events in pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. The date of this recording is Saturday, April the 10th, and this week seems to have marked the real changing of weather, at least on the East Coast, as the weather has been nice and warm and it finally feels like spring has arrived. But as the sun has come out for warm weather on the East Coast to match the great weather that is typically seen in the West, the Phoenix Suns, the NBA basketball team, have been surging over the past week. And somehow they've risen to the top of the media in terms of being the talk of the town because their point guard, veteran Chris Paul, has continued to play at, dare I say, MVP levels over their run this year. Enough to the point where him paired with the rising star in Devin Booker has led the Phoenix Suns to being the second best team in the Western Conference this season. And one of the most enjoyable things about watching sports is those moments where you feel like something special is happening. We had it when LeBron James came back from the 3-1 lead. A lot of people had it watching Michael Jordan dominate in the 80s and 90s. And on a much lesser scale, every now and then we have one of those games that seems to define whether or not a team will legitimately be able to compete for an NBA title. And this week we had one of those as the Phoenix Suns took on the number one ranked team in the Western Conference, the Utah Jazz. And the game would come all the way down to the wire where Chris Paul exchanged bucket after bucket with the scoring star of the Jazz himself, Donovan Mitchell. As even when the Suns thought they had it, Donovan Mitchell would chase down the court and hit a three-pointer from deep to send them into overtime. And in that overtime, Chris Paul took over and let everyone know that even in what is considered to be old age for an NBA player, he is still like LeBron James, aging like fine wine. So the Phoenix Suns would dethrone the Utah Jazz in an epic game where they showed that they should be spoken about in the same conversations as every other contender in the league right now. And as the conversation in the league has shifted from talking about who's going to win this or that award, what team is setting themselves up well, it appears that the entire focus is now shifted to the NBA playoffs. And we are now about three to four weeks away as it is scheduled to start on May 18th. We are currently in prime time for teams to rev things up and make sure that they have everything together for the playoff push. And that, of course, means keeping your best players as healthy as possible, which is why it's so great to now see this week Kevin Durant return to the Brooklyn Nets as he can now get his reps in preparing for their playoff push. Unfortunately, that was paired with Harden going down, but Harden had been on an MVP tear of his own. Likewise, Anthony Davis is reportedly going to be returning within the next two weeks. 
along with LeBron James, who is scheduled to be out for about a month. But with the acquisition of Andre Drummond, it seems like when the Lakers come back, they will not miss a beat. And every bit of intentionality for that team will be making sure that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are in game shape for the playoffs. And we know that when LeBron locks in, GOAT performances are on the way. Lastly, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers made his return. And though they are at the top of the Eastern Conference, they are far from receiving the recognition that I believe they deserve as they have now been reduced to a dark horse team coming out of the East. And I am anticipating a face-off between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But that is all that took place on the NBA side of things as the only other major news in the basketball world or the sports world at that was Gonzaga, the college team that was undefeated for the entire NCAA season going into the tournament and made it to the championship, unfortunately fell to Baylor as Baylor had two phenomenal players in Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler who surely raised their draft stock with their outstanding performance in the NCAA March Madness tournament. So as college basketball concludes, all eyes are on the NBA playoffs and the start of baseball season. But with that being said, there unfortunately was news bigger than everything that I just mentioned in the world of pop culture this week. As hip-hop, music at that, legend, DMX passed away. Unfortunately, at the hands of a drug overdose, at least that's what they're reporting. He was reported to have passed away this past Friday, and his legacy is certainly deserving of the music segment of Behold Pop Culture today. Now, you might be familiar with some of his major hit songs, Rough Riders Anthem, X Gonna Give It To You, Slippin'. There's plenty to choose from. And they were even further highlighted when this past year he faced off in a versus battle with Snoop Dogg. He was able to take fans back down memory lane and what would end up being one of the more memorable versus battles of the last year. And to be completely honest, I wasn't the most familiar with his work. From what I understand, he had a pretty powerful few years run in the music industry. And while I was only familiar with the hits that I had heard coming up or in passing, I didn't truly capture the essence of who he was and the impact he had. So I'm not here to speak about that. Instead, I'm here to speak on the lessons that I took away from being able to listen to all the great stories that people had. DMX appeared to represent confidence in the face of imperfection. And what I mean by that is he was very open about the battles that he faced throughout his career, whether it be chasing after his icons 
people threatening to take his life, drug abuse, you name it. He far from represented the ideal celebrity. So what did he contribute if it seemed like he was this openly imperfect artist? It was his energy. There's a reason why he was able to go and perform at Woodstock in front of one of the biggest crowds you will ever have for a concert. And all of them could erupt in passion and emotion when he would come to the stage and bark and scream and rap. And it didn't really matter what he was saying, but it mattered how he was saying it. So DMX would give all of his energy, an energy that shouldn't be able to be produced from a foster kid, from a person who faced so much adversity in his life, but he did it. It seemed like he was supercharged by all the adversity that was presented to him. And though I had not really understood why people claimed that he represented the essence of hip-hop, What I have come to understand is that he is possibly the most purest form of hip-hop. And the reason I say that is because what is hip-hop? It's the words, it's the expression of people who felt forgotten, who felt like their voices were not being heard, let alone amplified. It's a voice of rebellion, a voice of understanding. As people were able to take what many perceived to be some of the worst conditions in the world and produce what I believe to be one of the most beautiful forms of art expression. And DMX was a live and direct representation of that. So he was able to have such an amazing run Because he represented being able to take the lessons in everything. He was alchemy. He turned the bad into good. And while it's so unfortunate that he will meet his demise by a vice that maybe he could have been saved. But I hope that this could serve to further amplify the message that he truly represents The lesson that he is the epitome of, which is turning what we see as impediments, obstacles, losses, whatever terminology you want to use, turning them into opportunities to grow, understanding that a lot of hardships are momentary, but who you choose to be, what you choose to express is forever So DMX will be able to have such a tremendous impact in a short amount of time because with all of the impediments in his way, he, in a superhuman-like fashion, was able to transmute all of what many would believe to be negative energy into an overwhelming burst of passion, love, And for many who were big DMX fans, motivation. So take from that what you will. Rest in peace, DMX. And I hope that we all can strive to be able to generate such immense amounts of positive energy and have that level of impact 
where possible. So for that, he was deserving of the entire music section of the podcast. And as DMX is laid to rest in peace, we can move on to the film section of the podcast, where I have to report back after our discussion of Godzilla versus Kong last week. It has now come back that Godzilla versus Kong, not Justice League, not Tenet, not Soul, not Mulan, Godzilla versus Kong is now officially the highest grossing film of the pandemic. I found it hilarious that when I actually looked at the number breakdown, it didn't really make that much money in America. But overseas, it was racking in the big bucks. As Godzilla vs. Kong seemingly accomplished exactly what I said last week. The people who just wanted to see monsters fighting, well done choreography CGI, and remembered the past Godzilla films, went and had a good time. And especially those I'd assume in Hong Kong, because that's where the actual movie was taking place. They resonated with it, and I tip my hat off to the studio that created the film. And we can conclude recalling the new episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. As the story has now progressed by where Falcon is further accepting his role as the main character. As the Falcon and the Winter Soldier strive to figure out how they can get these Captain America super serums out of the hands of the people that are being deemed as villains. Unfortunately, the fake Captain America and his partner Lamar have gotten in the way of things. As the Falcon seemingly ended up on the brink of convincing the real villain of the story to change her ways, divert the path, and Captain America seemingly thirsting for purpose while also suffering the post-traumatic behavioral changes from having witnessed so many people pass away in his military endeavors, he got in the way of things. He would interrupt. He made it seem like the Falcon's intentions were impure and ultimately just ruined the whole situation for himself and others. But what ended up happening out of that is the villain would get the upper hand and the Falcon was tricked. The fake Captain America had to see his partner die and the episode would end off in a morally challenging but thoroughly entertaining scene as the new Captain America straight up murdered a person in the middle of a crowd. And when I say murder, I don't mean the typical Marvel, you shoot a laser beam and hits their chest and they fly away. No, I mean he took his shield and beat someone to death. And it was in front of a crowd recording it. And what would be left as the last scene of this episode was the famous symbolic Captain America shield splattered with the blood of the newly murdered victim.
So while the Falcon and the Winter Soldier hasn't been gaining the same level of steam and social intrigue that WandaVision generated, pretty much because people were wondering what the end of the series would be. It was so vague that people engaged in lots of conversations online about WandaVision. But the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is more what you see is what it is. But instead, paired with, of course, more action scenes, is where we find a morally challenging trifecta by which the Falcon and the Winter Soldier are just trying to honor Captain America's name and defend against a world potentially being overrun with superhumans, the fake Captain America is chasing after defending his own legacy, proving himself to be as worthy as Steve Rogers was, which has driven him to make decisions that he believes to be in line with that, even if they contradict with the Falcon and Winter Soldier's mission which most of the audience, including myself, would believe to be what the true mission should be. And then we have the third, the perspective of the villain, as she feels unheard by the government, by the heroes, by her own people at times. And she believes that by doing these heinous acts, she's creating a tension that was never going to be given otherwise. As in a world where the snap by Thanos, there was birthed even more discrimination. So how can people who are being disregarded because of whether or not they were snapped away, how can they get more attention? What can they do to solve the poverty, the lack of food, shelter, that's striking these children? How can they solve it? As they continue to commit crimes that is giving them the attention that they really needed all along, the viewer nor the characters in the show have a real answer to solve the issue at hand. And out of that has produced a show that has quickly risen to be one of my favorites at the moment. And with that, I leave you with some points to brainstorm on. And let me know if you're enjoying the show or just want to have a conversation on what's taking place. So thank you for listening to this week's episode. I appreciate you taking out the time. We're always striving to get better here. And I hope you are too. Enjoy the incoming better weather as we enter into the spring and summer months. Rest in peace, DMX. And I'll talk to you next week. This is Behold Pop Culture.